One, two, three is Weaving Web 3. With me, James. Me, Chris. And me, Stash. I've just chopped, I've chopped that up straight off, straight off the top of the head. I've just gone, right, we're not doing good evening. We'll come straight One, two, with three is Weaving Web 3. God, yeah, that, that's, that. right up, that's right up there with <laughs> one Bitcoin, go Bit, get some. Yeah. <laughs> Although that, that kind of sounds a bit like an outro. Like, we, one, two, three with Weaving Web 3. So this this week we're going to be talking about a couple of things. Uh there's an arbitrum airdrop that's just happened and Sasha talk- three days home. Well, the if you have if you're in the airdrop, you're in it. If you're not at this point, you can be a disappointed puppy. Um after that, <laughs> we're gonna talk about a little bit of regulation, about uh what's going on with exchanges, what's going on with staking, uh mainly UK focused. So we'll talk about that a little bit wider as well as to do with the banks and what's going on with Credit Suisse and those sorts of bits. And then I think we'll end on, is cryptocurrency just a bubble? You know, what's backing it up and, and where did we go from here? It's a scam. It's, a, it's all a scam. <laughs> right, Stash, talk to me about Arbitrum and, Hello, and the airdrop and everything. My lovely friends. So basically, I, I would say Arbitrum is my first proper real experience at DeFi at uh, crypto because everyone that hasn't been watching our podcast I've been raving about Arbitrum since day one Um, it's an optimistic roll-up which essentially um, bundles up transactions computes them off-chain and sends hundreds of them um, onto the Ethereum mainnet and it's cheap affordable and fast Um, they they have so amazing technology. Like I did, we spoke about it on the last episode, but essentially because of the way it's designed and how it's able to process mass amounts of data and compact them into very small bytes and then send them to Ethereum Brockley, this gives it advantages of like having super fast latency programs like for people that want to trade synthetic assets who want to leverage trading. It's frictionless and permissionless. And the reason... It's going. It's exploding now. It's doing more uh, volume than Ethereum itself in total volume over the last few days, and people are bridging on um, Ethereum from mainnet to Arbitrum. We just recently crossed today one million Ethereum bridged, and you can wow. see this ecosystem is taking off. So essentially, people that have been loyal supporters uh, have been basically interacting with different smart contracts depositing money, liquidity, interacting. And as a result, people have been rewarded, a gen- some people quite generously, um, for um, participating in this ecosystem. So there are people that have farmed for airdrops. But initially, I was just, my, oh, no, no, I'll be honest. Initially, my use of Arbitrum was not for um, airdrop because I wanted to learn how to leverage trade. And I didn't want to do it on a centralized exchange. And GMX, the holy grail of basically that has made, um, I think, Arbitrum so popular is one of the ranges was GMX and many other uh, projects that rose out for like governance platforms, Pootestow and Jones. Yeah. um, So just to get my head around this, right? Okay, so companies give out airdrops to reward people for doing work for them essentially it's like it's like bug testing yeah, it's like basically yeah either in during testnet phases that would be yeah the bug testing but 
um, they're rewarding the people early that, adopters, basically. Yeah, right? the early adopters and those people that brought brought these amazing products, so people would use their chain. So, not everyone, some chains don't have, may not have tokens, but it basically it incentivizes individual potentially to build on this technology, which is superior to others. Mm-hmm. And later down the line, after you, I think. It's, I think maybe it's been nine months since official mainnet so for all those people that have been building and creating these products and contributed to success of arbitrum will get rewarded as well as the early users and people that have found out are you guys familiar with how like projects typically fund themselves in the web3 space or would you like a quick like little proviso on how that works i i know but i think it would be a good idea if you go for it Right, Sasha, you correct me if I'm missing anything here. So normally what happens is me and Sasha decide we want to set up a company and we want to make a new, brand new project that's going to be amazing. What do we need to do that? We need staff, we need technology, and what we need to do both of those things is have a lot of money. So we take our idea and normally a little proof of concept that might be a working model of the test network jumping within a small situation or something Sometimes they don't have that at all, but it's just the idea. But they have to have sort of a good white paper behind that. And you go and sell that idea to venture capitalists, angel investors, and seed investors. So what you do is you go and you offer them and you go, look, uh, we're making this. What we need to make it is uh, 10 million pounds. Everyone who gives us money in the first tranche of money up to 10, up to. So, for example, the first tranche, you wouldn't ask for the whole 10 million, probably. You'd say, look, we need a million to get us off the ground. So they'd approach 10, 15 people and say, look, give us 100,000. And when we release, when our token is worth a dollar, we'll give you 10 cent on every dollar. So they essentially promise you that if it gets released and gets to a dollar, you've 10x'd. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. So they might do that as tranche one. There could also be, for those real hardcore supporters, they could be like a profit-splitting situation like depends on those early early investors because those are the ones you desperately need the most then typically as that builds up and gets off the ground you do a second tranche of investors who you'd go you can buy in at 15 cent for the dollar and then you build up and build up and build up so that you're having less and less you're giving less and less away um minima was a really interesting one they've got on their website how they've split their funding between what tranches between because initially as well, the dev team will get paid out of, if you think about Pi with 100%, 15% might go to the dev team, 15% might go to initial founders, 10% might go to advertising, marketing, airdrops. You know, that's what Arbitrum are doing. That's what most projects do. They're rewarding those people and they build it up like that. So it's, it's just a really interesting way. And that's sort of how they fund it and how most of the investors and the founders get paid is in their own token. So like the guys that initially funded Ethereum would have been given a load of ETH. And they're probably billionaires you now. You wouldn't sniff your nose No, no, no. But that's the thing. Some people got given ETH as airdrops. Do you know what I mean? You think about that. How much ETH did they get? You know, someone might have yeah. got 1,600 ETH as an airdrop just sat there. And like you hold it for a certain amount of time and now, you, now you've loaded. Like, yeah. So that's, that's sort of how the funding of those projects work. So Stash has been part of that helping, testing, etc., airdropping for Arbitrum, and therefore they've rewarded him. So if, if people ever see projects in early alphas, like Sui, Sui's one we've talked about a lot. Yeah, they're not even a lot, yeah. 
they're not even on main yet. They're still DevNet testnet, aren't they? But if you've had a wallet and you've had a lot of interaction with them for for ages, months and months and months, you are far more likely to get airdrop bits if they they do an airdrop. Now, most of these projects will never confirm they're doing an airdrop because they don't want you to come just looking for cash. That what they want you to do is interact with it, promote it, get people to it. So, and also if you go around just hunting airdrops, sometimes if they get wind of you, they might get rid. But also yeah. at the end of the day, you can't really go into it thinking, "Oh, I'm doing this specifically." Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, you don't know for sure if they're going to do an airdrop. You need to go into it with the approach of like, "Oh, I'm interested in this. Let's yes, check it absolutely. out." Absolutely. Yeah. that's what so, so, I was with Arbitrum like I'm and the same with scroll I've been part of scroll with sub few thousand followers and now it's at 100k because I I am interested in um, this kind of technology and how it can solve problems and I know many people who are not like that they're in for the airport but at the same time if if you're interested in a solution there should be some reward at the end of the tunnel not always no. it's either knowledge or it's either incentives down the line well, well that's, yeah. I bought some Minima because I, and this isn't financial advice, but I bought some Minima because their idea of each person running their own independent node on their mobile device seems like a no-brainer to me, and they're actually doing it. To me, that seems like a long-term win. You know, yeah. and if, if that token does take off, and I bought 400 and it cost me $50, I'll be laughing if that hits $2. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a big gain. But it's not about that, really. It's about the fact that I think Minima's got a good idea, what they're doing. Stash thinks Arbitrum's a great idea. And and a lot of these projects as well, like if you were one of those people who originally got ETH, you wouldn't make your massive money unless you held it for years. Yeah. Because you have to actually believe in it. So yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like you see, obviously now we're in a bear market, right? Um, but you see, as soon as people stop making money. Like half the half the population of like the ecosystem leaves. They're just like, nah, it's not worth it. It's those people that are actually interested in the technology, interested in what what's going on, sort of thing. That stick with it. Like, mm. sure, as as people who are into crypto, I'm sure we've all lost money, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, do I care? Not necessarily. Like, sure, it, it stings a little bit, but like. I'm more sort of interested and passionate about crypto than I am about the fact that, oh, I lost some money. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just a thing that you get over and you it's, well, not get used to, but it's part <laughs> of, it's part of like the whole of thing. You're, you're trading, with the people right? through the ups and downs. And like, and it, I remember there was, a, I forgot a while ago, but um, they rewarded people that didn't sell at like all-time high they went through the bear market and then they got rewarded because you're holding their token they at yeah. the end of the day this is all on chain you will be rewarded for your loyalty yeah like i i, I buy and sell comics as well uh that, that's one thing that i do i had one comic which i bought for about 500 quid sold for about the same didn't really make a profit now it's worth three grand like that that hurts me, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, like you can't know, like stuff like it, it. It's every sort of trading. If it's physical items, if it's virtual items, if it's stocks, if it's shares, if it's crypto, like you're gonna end up winning some. You're gonna end up losing some. The oh, thing is, though, it, it's lessons as well. Like, how many times do you get in on on a on an airdrop or a mint, and you don't sell? 
you know, you hold it and then you lose. Uh, but then, but actually, it's a lesson because you might you go, okay, well, that's what happens on this one. The next one that happens, you go, mm, that's that's following exactly the same patterns for me. All the hype's dying off. I'll just sell, and then that's what life is. And I think, Chris, when you say about half the people not being in the ecosystem, some people came in. Like, could you imagine if you'd heard, like, oh, I can get on like strong nodes? People are making 10 grand a day and you come in and you buy a strong node for four grand and in four weeks time, it's worth a hundred quid. Like, of course you'd leave, wouldn't you? You'd go, well, that was a scam and you would you would probably never come back. And I think that's what you get at the end of the bull runs is like we said about like strong and um, thought strong, Thor, what other ones like drip, all those tokens that went massive and people were making big rewards. That sort of stuff brought people in, but particularly as well, I'm going to say about this, there's a lot of people who are very desperate to make money quickly. Yeah, And I think those people tend to lose more than people who want to get wealthier slower. Because if you think about it, if you bought a Thor node for 4k, you could have just bought Bitcoin and you would still have, granted, even if it's come, if, if you even bought an all-time high, you'd still have 1200 quid. Whereas because you wanted to make the, that quick buck with Strong or Thor or whatever, you end up with nothing. And it's like Crypto's volatile, let alone these high-risk volatility bits. Um, so I think people just need to be a bit careful. Anyway, so we've, we've done talk about Arbitrum and the airdrop. Stash has had to dip, dip away and get his housemates food. So now he's done delivering you knowledge on airdrops. He's done delivering food. We want to talk about a couple of bits that are coming to the UK in particular um, about regulation. So obviously FTX... Has caused a lot of problems with the fact. Well, it's caused problems, but it's also ousted the fact that crypto is just not well regulated enough. Yeah. Um. We, I think, we all agree that regulation is a good thing for yeah. crypto because because regulation is there normally to protect us, isn't it? And then we increase adoption in the long run. Yeah. I, I want to ask you guys a couple of things. So, what do we think about Binance no longer offering any UK on and off ramps of fiat currencies? It's I gonna mean, be, it's gonna be weird. I think it finishes on the end of the month, right? They still yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's like, I mean, obviously we've got banks left, right, and centre dropping cryptocurrency transactions, stuff like that. Having this on top of that kind of it's just making it more difficult. Like when the whole point of I don't know of exchanging currencies and stuff like that is to try and make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want, that's the thing. If you want widespread adoption of this sort of thing, you do need to make it easy yeah, as possible. That's true. It's, and it's, this either adds more fees because you'd be on ramping, like I don't know, US USD, um, right? So what you'd have conversion fees, whatever. Um, you'd have yeah, to on ramp somewhere else and send crypto to Binance yeah, to do that's, your that's staking. That's the only or whatever, well, really. Like, yeah, but I like I'm. A, I imagine like Kraken and stuff are just laughing because they'll get to take that. But did you guys, I don't know if you guys did here because it's not really your sphere, that everyone who withdrew over 5k from Coinbase got a letter from HMRC? Really? Absolutely. That's interesting. So they, they had requested from Coinbase and said, essentially, we want to be able to send a letter to everybody who's off-ramped over £5,000 and we're going to send them a letter to say, should you have done a tax return? I mean, now, now I want to know where do you land on that? That's just HMRC being in, invasive, intrusive. 
I think. But it, so this is my question: Is it invasive, intrusive? Is it fair? Because if you think about it, right? Taxes pay for the NHS. Taxes pay for everything else. Yes. Should these people who are who are making taxable income not be paying their taxes? Yeah, of course they should. However, it's up to them, right? So as a freelancer, obviously, I do my own tax returns, right? So I can I keep track of my stuff. I do the same with all my crypto as well. So I keep track of every transaction, right? Every job that I do, how much I've made, any expenses and stuff like that. So that's down to me, right? To mm-hmm. keep yeah, on absolutely. Right? HMRC butting in and being like, should you be paying your taxes? It's just <clears> like, nah, nah, piss off. Like, <laughs> oh, the, the accountant in me has got to disagree. Because oh, the yeah. thing is, the thing is, but HMRC's job is to collect taxes, yeah? Yeah. Do you believe and, and... do you believe taxes fund things that are good for your nation? Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not but, saying so you shouldn't is... pay tax. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't pay you tax on those transactions. I just don't think HMRC should be getting involved and reminding you, being like, oh, you haven't been paying your taxes because you're involved in crypto. Most of the, not most of the people, all right, I get it. But some of the people are on top of that. Like, I don't know, me, keeping track of everything. Like, why do you need to poke your nose in and be like, oh, that was a transaction. Did you pay tax on that? Well, maybe I was intending to, or maybe it's just... (laughs) Just seems like like they're trying to weasel their way into it, and sort of. I, I, as I said, I'm not saying don't pay the taxes on it. I'm just saying don't try and remind me of something, thinking that I'm doing something bad when I haven't. Do made. you think it's the like accusatory? Should you have done a tax return? Yeah, kind of. See, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, think about it. So, for example, like, think about that, right? So VAT mm. is charged on certain things, right? So like yeah, yeah, pre-prepped, like like prepared food, like hot food in like a cafe, there's VAT charged on that, but they don't charge it on like potatoes Paper. in the shop oh. because they go, look, you're, you're buying that, you're making that at home, That's, that is an essential. We're not going to put VAT on that. But they would have VAT on things that were luxuries. So chocolate biscuits would have VAT on them, right? So if you're doing something that's a VATable thing, and you're doing an activity and your company goes, what do you do? Oh, we we are, uh, what's what's something that's definitely vatable? Uh, I mean, I provide consultancy services. I charge VAT registered companies and I make over the VAT threshold. HMRC's job is to hit your company up and go, have you paid your VAT? Mm-hmm. Because that is a tax they have to pay. Now, for for companies like VAT, on that instance, is, is pretty much neutral. If you can, if you charge it to your customers and they can reclaim it, it doesn't really make a difference. So, if Chris was VAT registered and I'm a VAT registered company and I pay Chris to do some work, he charges me hundred pounds plus VAT, so hundred twenty pounds. I get the bill. I can take his the VAT of twenty pounds off of the bill on my side. Essentially, I can offset that against my sales VAT. So between those two VAT organisations, it's fine. But HMRC's job is to make sure that both sides are doing that correctly so that they can fund everything that the country does. Yes. And I think part of that it, that system is, one, people are ignorant. People don't know what taxes yeah. they should pay because it's complicated. Like I was helping my mum with her taxes uh, the other day. 
and you know people did oh i've got my paye scheme and i've got i've got a personal allowance and then that's reduced for some reason and i've got a i've got a 761k code on my like what does that mean it's all so complicated so i think hmrc's letter i didn't find it that bad because if they send you a letter and go should you have done a tax return if you've got all your spreadsheets like chris goes you go no i'm fine i'm under all the limits it's not a problem but i think what it's there for is a little bit of a scare tactic just to say, should you go and do it so that we can get our pound of flesh? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree that it's a scare tactic, um, but I disagree with them using a scare tactic, right? Mm. You know what I think would be better? Having more accessible information to what yes. taxes you have to pay in crypto, right? Oh, no, I completely, like, rather, than completely being agree. rather than being accusatory and being like, no, you're doing something wrong. You haven't paid your taxes. How about you make it easier to understand how to pay your taxes? Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, they, they, they'll, they'll be out. I think in 2025, they're adding a crypto section onto tax returns. But you think that's still, you know, a while away? Exactly. Like, it's, it's crypto is now. Crypto is here. Crypto has been here for the last 10 years. Been, Why are they absolutely. taking so long to, like, adjust the system, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's there's, a, there's really interesting tax. All right, I'm going to ask you boys a tax question. Are you ready? If you receive an airdrop, should you be taxed on on the amount you've received? This is very relevant for stash. I think I should be taxed when I sell. You think you should be taxed when you sell? No, but wait, that's the, the question. What happens when there's different prices? On when you get it, how do you? What's the initial starting I, I, price? So, so you think so? Right, let's work this out. So, so you've received an airdrop, right? And you you think that it would be fair of when essentially when you convert it to fiat or when you swap it to Ethereum or anything? Yeah, fiat, whatever. I, so I, when I was... you could when you change it, you would think that would be a fair time for them to say it's taxable. Yeah. So my question to you on that would be that that could be fine. Do you think that airdrop you received should be taxed through capital gains, which has got lower rates of tax and has, has a different allowance, or income tax, which has higher rates? Which would you capital think gains. would be fair? Capital I gains. Think. So so just as a question, if you get an airdrop, mm -hmm. is that considered a gift? It is not. It depends, is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, these these are this is the depth of this podcast is current very high level accountancy crypto knowledge. So, yeah. if okay, right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna real world some scenarios for you. Okay, you are friends with a man that lives down the street. Yeah, right. He gives you five thousand pounds. Yeah, that that's a gift, isn't it? Yeah. And in that situation, you would expect that when he got that £5,000, he's paid tax on that income. Yeah. So yeah. the point at which he gives it to you is a gift. Mm. You're not taxed on it. It's a gift. Right? What about if you've done two months of work for him and he gifts you £5,000? Is that still a gift? No, that, that, that's tax avoidance. <laughs> right. So that's then, that's then income, isn't it? Yeah. So if you got an airdrop and you had done nothing to earn that airdrop so let's say for example you hold a board ape and they gift yeah. you ape tokens you've done nothing for it you've done no work that's a gift 
if you went airdrop hunting and you had to bridge onto a network and do a load of swaps and do a load of work, that could be taxed as income. Is it technically? Well, what if I, I don't know. Playing playing eighty twenty four, right, or whatever it is. <laughs> so, 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 Chris, self assessment returns. This is a decision that the individual will have to land on. Yeah. There would be advice from your professional who would say, look, HMRC could treat this as income due to X, Y, Z. It would depend on the token. It would depend on all the factors that went around it. But at the end of the day, if the individual said, I hear everything you said, I'm going to make the decision. It's my tax return, as you said. Yeah. I want it taxed as capital gains because that's what I think is fair. That's what you can do. Your self-assessment. Mm. But... This is where we talk about different things and how different airdrops and stuff can be taxed. So it's very so, nuanced. No, no, carry on. Like, so let's say I put my money that's been taxed. I, I'm guessing, like, like my salary tax, and I guess so, is paid. So yeah, you, you've got a, you've got a salary, and you've got you went. So say you earn three thousand pounds a month, and you get fifteen hundred pounds a month net pay at the end after all yeah. your taxes. And I put five hundred into crypto, and then I do my tax returns everything like that and then i get an airdrop isn't all that money that i've already contributed tax and stuff worth and so i don't have so that's why i would i don't know so so the the airdrop is slightly different than so if you took your 500 pounds which you paid your tax on and you buy bitcoin and it doubles in price and you make another 500 pounds yeah that 500 pounds would be taxed through the capital gain system okay so you only get taxed on your gain so you don't get taxed on the five hundred pounds you already put in because that's already been taxed. Okay. Right? Yeah. So if you're gambling, you you don't have to pay tax on them if you win. That's things, right. So gambling winnings are treated differently. They don't sit within, uh, and the reason why they don't sit within is because it's pure chance. Okay. Well, isn't crypto just pure chance right now? No, because really. your argument could be that if it was pure chance, then you wouldn't yeah. have people who regularly traded NFTs or regularly did projects. Because there are people who win again and again mm -hmm. and again. So what about gambling NFT, like gambling websites that are cryptos? Because Crypt there's many, there's crypto casinos and like stuff. If, if it's treated, you get paid if, out, like what if I got paid out in Ethereum or USDT, would that be you know, if, if, if you If you could prove that they were gambling rewards, I don't think you'd be taxed on them. Okay. Because, because it's gambling. But the, the thing with the, the difficulty with crypto is it's treated far more like stocks and shares than it is anything else. Mm. Because the reality is if you just bought, if you'd bought the winners, like you would in stocks and shares, Bitcoin, Ethereum, lo lots of winners, Polygon, you could have bought early. Mm -hmm. like loads of those would still be winners. It's not gambling. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, and I also agree. with the, um, with the gambling, there's no product behind it as well. So the product is just the gambling. Whereas like Ethereum, the product is yes, a multifunctional chain that does something. So yeah. it's just treated differently. But this is what's complex about taxes mm -hmm. is that. And I'm trying to use real world scenarios for you guys to make it to, you know, make it make more sense. Because I go, right, yeah. we got a gift from the neighbor or whatever, because on the airdrops, it, it depends what it is, how it works, where it'd be taxed and, and what your base cost would be for it. So what if I got the airdrop, I gifted it to you guys, would you have to pay tax on it yourself? Depends what your base costs were. So it's it's tricky. So if you received an airdrop and it was worth £10,000 and you gifted it when it was worth £10,000, the value hadn't changed. You just gave it straight away. 
up until the point that we sell, there shouldn't be a tax implication on that. Okay, I was just wondering, like, if you sold that as a gift, would you have to pay tax? It it, dep- it, the... it really depends on. It really depends on if the tax has previously been paid. So if you think about an airdrop, what should happen is the company that's giving away the tokens should be paying tax on that gain. So if you think about your Arbitrum, right? You've produced all these tokens for a cost of pretty much nothing. Yeah, zero. Yeah, nothing. those tokens might be worth a pound. Maybe development costs you could maybe claim. So maybe they cost a dollar yeah. each, right? And you give them away and suddenly they're worth 10 they would recognize that they'd had to give away $2 billion of assets. Yeah. Right? So they would then have a big gain in their accounts, which they would pay tax on. Yeah. So when you receive it, the tax has already been paid by them, mm-hmm. theoretically. Yeah. But depends where they're... Reg- are they in the Seychelles? Are they in the Cayman Islands? Do they pay almost no tax? Is it not equivalent? This is the thing that's so complicated about cryptocurrency, is that it's multinational. It's new... And everything is different. Airdrops aren't alike. Do you know what I mean? An air yeah. the, the ape airdrop from Board Eight Yacht Club is not the same as the, the Sui airdrop or Arbitrum airdrop. They're all yeah. different. So yeah. and this is why I completely agree with Chris. It's complicated. But that's because blockchain is complicated. We need regulations, so we need proper regulations. It, it, it's it's very difficult to know what to do with it, but I think the UK the UK is massive on anti-money laundering and yeah. anti-terrorism. They're two massive things within financial institutions in the UK. We do not want to be funding terrorism, and we do not want to allow money laundering. And the problem is cryptocurrency is brilliant for both. So, so um, I don't know if you two have ever heard of Elliptic. Elliptic's a really cool piece of software that lets you trace the tokens across the blockchain. So we can put in a company's wallet address and I can tell you what percentage of funds have gone, have arrived from there that have been through Tornado Cash. I can tell you how many have gone through gambling sites. I can tell you how much has gone to Tornado Cash or gambling sites or to unknown addresses or to whatever, or to blacklisted addresses or to tokens that are scams. You can look across the whole blockchain of those tokens, where they've come from, where they've gone to. So stuff. So really, and this is the thing that I think is clever, blockchain should help anti-money laundering Absolutely. because you can follow the funds right. yeah and if it goes through if it goes through tornado cash then you go well it's dodgy then why have you received a million pounds through tornado cash yeah you know so so actually the blockchain if used properly which i think the governments don't include into yet, yeah it's actually an anti-money laundering tool if used properly. 100%. Because it's all visible. That's the thing. 100%. 100%. And, and all you do is you go, look, if, it, if stuff like Tornado Cash makes it in, invisible, if you get over 1% from Tornado Cash, y- your business can't have that money or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It has to do something different or whatever. Yeah. Like you could put you could put restrictions on it and go, look. Everyone they did has do to... that in America, but they basically all American websites could not have it, anyone that was associated or had a transfer from Tornado Cash. It's really tricky, though. So Elliptic is actually really clever. It can go back 10, 15, 20, 100 wallets. Mm. So you could receive Ethereum from Coinbase that had originally come out of Tornado Cash. But it, cool. it will know that. But so there's layers of how far back has it gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. how much was it. So, for example, a company takes in a million pounds. If only 1% of that's come from Tornado Cash, you might be like, well, that's okay. 
it's not a huge amount, but there are lots of tools out there that can help with that. That's cool. But yeah, I'm that's... Gonna check that out. There's a cool one that I found called Bubble Maps. You can place a um someone's address and it shows you all like the addresses that it's associated, big transfers, and it pops up in bubbles, which is pretty cool. Yeah, elliptic. Elliptic is run by um, is run by three three doctors of computer science, I think. And uh, who's the other person there? Oh, one thing I just remembered: uh, Microsoft is launching a wallet. It, is it? In, embedded with Microsoft Edge? They did a soft like uh, snapshots of it. It looks very clean and sleek. So yeah. Yeah, I know Apple. There was Apple was meant to be doing a crypto wallet because it was in one of their releases of like their upgrades or for phones and software. So I think we're going to see very soon the big players, and I think once the people, the monopolies, um, are going to have their own wallets, and Amazon is launching their own NFT collection, which is all real associated with real world assets, we could see a big, big boom, and as I, well. I... It's either going to be on Polygon or Avalanche, and I feel that could give it a little boost. I still feel like the world is hideously expensive for most people at the moment, mm. and until we get through this inflationary period and this yeah. very tough time, crypto is not going to go. Crypto is the reason why crypto is doing well is it's Bitcoin is a scarce resource, the same way that yeah. gold is doing well. When the banks go down, crypto or Bitcoin, not crypto, Bitcoin goes up, but it brings the whole market with it. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's sort of where it lands. But I don't think we're going to see a big bull narrative for a couple of years. Not yeah. Oh, I don't think maybe a couple. I I give it maybe two years. I mean, especially here in the UK. Uh, think- not getting political, but like the way things are going. Like the way the government has handled things, like it's just, it's very, very bleak. Everyone is hurting right now. Everyone's and, leaving. And a big reason why crypto does well is because people have that extra money to spend and put yeah. some money into crypto, right? Like people don't crypto. have money right now. <laughs> no one has money. You're, but, you're paying triple the price for your gas. Like, sal- salaries have gone up, what, three, five percent? Yeah. So some people have been generous. Some people are like some big four accountancy firms have gone on ten percent, right? But the reality is, your no. cost of food has gone up to what twenty percent. Yeah. Gas yeah. and electric has doubled. You know, uh, fuel is what one pound forty five now is the new new level, whereas you know a year and a half ago it was what one pound twenty. Exactly. But yeah, Very easy uh, things happening. But this is what I mean. Everything's gone up twenty percent, and salaries aren't matching. And I just think. I mean, like I, I, I'm redoing my mortgage in June. I already know what my new payment is going to be. I know it's a significant amount more than my previous one was. It's tough, you know. Life's getting tight. Do you have money for, for the you know wasting it on crypto? Not so much. Um. So I just think it's going to be a long time, a good couple of years mm. before everyone starts bouncing back and stuff stabilizes. Uh, it's just a bit of a shitter, boys. I hope. I hope it's sooner. I really do, but. As with everything, I'm a bit pessimistic. <laughs> well, the optimist here, the optimist in me wants to say yes, but especially the the way, I mean, the way I've been burnt on si- different situations has made me quite pessimistic with like the cryptocurrency space, right? Yeah. I love it, mm. but 
I need to sort of hedge my bets and make sure that like you don't like you don't get too excited about things because yeah. chances are it's going to take either longer to happen or it might never happen. Yeah. I think as well, a lot of people get very hyped about the ups, the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you just DCA in every month now, yeah, you're like, still going to be up. Like I, I, I think long term, long term, I think you will. I think like. Because if you think about our last bull run, what are we hitting eighth? 50k? You mean Bitcoin? That, yeah, but it's 64k. Sorry, sorry. Bitcoin. 64k. 50k right. ETH would have been. Yeah, that, that, that would be nuts. Sorry. Bitcoin. Um, If you think about it, if you, if you just DCA'd in and it was two years of DCAing in and then it went up anywhere near that again, you'd be laughing. Yeah. And I, I, I just think that. Depending on how people do and what's going on, I think there's there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be tight on money, mm. um, and I just think volume has to come from numbers, yeah. and when people are deciding, you know, not just they... wealth, not just yeah. wealth, is the day, yeah, that's unsustainable. They're just going to dump on retail whenever they need some income. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, in in NFTs, you can see like the what's happening. Obviously, with with OpenSea um, having the zero fees thing, like. A lot of my NFT collections have got incredible volume, like insane amounts of volume, more volume than they've ever had. The prices are basically staying the same. Floor prices aren't changing just yeah. because it's kind of like the same sort of accounts, just the same whale, just transacting between themselves without having to pay anything. So, yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. Do you, right, gents, last question on this was, this was raised by Silicon Valley Bank, wasn't it? Was it Silicon Valley Bank? It was Credit Suisse, Credit Suisse. Mm-hmm. That was their chief exec in 2017 said that crypto's a bubble. Yeah. Do, what do what do we think about that? Do we think he's right? What do we think um, about some of it's a bubble? Like uh, eventually, like I think obviously it happened with dot com. Yeah, there there will be that we are brewing a bubble, and out of that bubble we'll get a little bubble of all the winners, and hopefully we have one of those winners. I mean, I mean, what I've got to say is. Look at Credit Suisse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three days before, our liquidity has never been better. Back. Yeah. Um, I I reckon the way things were in 2017 with crypto, like people could see it as a bubble. Sure, it was going yeah. out, stuff like that. Like, like, oh, surely eventually this has got to pop. The, at the stage we're at now. It has popped. I would yeah. say it's popped multiple times. It's gone up and then popped and then popped this, again. It's probably its fourth pop now, though. But yeah. I was thinking key with difference with blockchains actually innovation and there's more technology than I think there was in the dot com bubble. I think there's way more use applications out of these technologies than the dot com bubble. I think it's like kind of redefining. I think the dot com bubble. I, I think we actually see similar things. So dot com bubble. If you ran a garden center, you rushed to make a website. But what you put on your website is you said, we're a garden center. We're here, right? You didn't, whereas what you should have done is you should have set up a page where people could buy gift cards or where they could do, a get send out coffee shop vouchers or something. But what happened is instead of using Web2 like they should have done to, to bring in business, increase revenues, etc., what they did is they just went, we're here, done, we're done. And I think a lot of companies are doing that with like NFTs and like 
not tokens mm. but with nfts being like we've got an nft isn't that cool and quirky and it's like if you don't you don't get it like you're not using the technology yet mm. i think that's what we see is that in the dot-com bubble everyone rushed to get a website to get a dot-com because they thought oh i need that to do whatever and it's like well it could have been super effective if you'd actually used it but what yeah. you did was you set one up because you thought you needed one because everyone else was doing it but if you actually stopped to think about it and been like amazon and look around and go, I'm, I'm just going to sell books, and I'm going to sell them just online, and I'm going to have a warehouse, I'm not going to have any shops. Those are the guys that are then killers. Mm-hmm. And it, it'll be the same in blockchain. Is the guys that go, it, it will be. It'll be the guys that go, I'm setting up NFTs to do something useful. I'm setting up NFTs. Um, speaking to a guy at my wedding who does, um, he does commodities trading with NFTs, where you can NFT back certain commodities, trade them precious metals and that sort of stuff so there's loads of things you can do like Mm. that that are probably more using the blockchain a good good example is if you think about um think about for example like a a car or maybe a car is maybe not as good i'm trying to think of something present right an iphone going through a factory if you want to digitally track each asset you could have the emei number of the iphone that will be completed mm-hmm. and you can have that linked to an rfid scanner and at every station through the build factory that iphone goes through they scan the rfid scanner and then until it gets out the door in apple headquarters they could then know the progress of every single phone in production in the world at the same yeah. time linked into a blockchain and then when it was sold, they could see that how many were sold. They could see how long their process was, how long it took to sell, how many were selling in regions, all with the blockchain. If you did an integrated inventory to management system yeah. from cre- creation at factory to final sale. Stuff like that is far more useful of NFTs than pictures are probably. Yeah. yeah. But stuff like that is the thing that companies need to do, in my opinion. Oh, and the I companies that, absolutely. that do that will win. I mean, there's VeChain. VeChain's already on that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but that's but that's what I think the winners are. I I agree. That's the thing. A lot of the I don't know NFT technology, at least a lot of it's just like, oh, here's a picture of a penguin. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> there's so much more to it. Like there's yeah. so much more that can be done with it. Like I yeah. I think as well. Weirdly, the NFT art is one of the hardest things for people to get their head around. Because people, someone said to me today at work, what's the point of having a digital picture? Well, it, it's that you like it? Like, but, but, but really, like, what's the yeah, point of having a picture? I like it. Well, uh, ask, ask, I don't know, an 18-year-old TikToker, what's the point in having a digital selfie, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, there's what a point. The, what's and the point of having art paint. on your wall? Like, it, yeah. you like exactly. looking at it. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, it doesn't have to have a point, but I think I think when people think of NFTs, they think of funny little poo emoji yeah, photos. Yeah, you can kind I of do. see from my room, right, that I've got stuff all over my walls. I've got a Foo Fighters poster back there. Why do you have that? Foo Fighters are great. Yeah, exactly. I love Foo Fighters. They, they, yeah, that's some cool stuff. art. Um, oh. I've got, yeah, I've got loads of stuff. I've got this on my wall. Uh, nice i can't see what that is i can't see that yeah there we go yeah just because i kind of like the art it's it's a picture of um the statue of liberty holding an ak-47 nice yeah 
very yeah, like, brand. Like it's not. It's not that deep. No, uh, but I think I think people the the public perception of crypto bros and NFTs is so poor from the general public. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm waiting for that breakthrough project that makes people go, oh, that's really useful, actually. Because it will happen. Yeah. I'm not sure it's what gonna be it us, is guys. Yet. It's going to be us. We're going to think of it right now. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I still I still back digit, all digital passports and document tracking yeah, via NFTs. Absolutely, yeah. Soulbound soul tokens, I think, could be massive. I think... Um, I think centralized, uh, sorry, like government-backed tokens, you know, the digital pound, et cetera, is where we'll end up. Yeah. And I think adoption is going that way. I honestly think blockchain is the future. Um, I just think we'll need something to bring it stable. And people, to me, when I speak to them about blockchain, they go, that's the thing with the silly pictures where people lose all their money and none of it makes sense. They've all got silly names, is, is what I hear. And I think... yeah. Projects are getting more mature, you know, like Arbitrum doesn't sound like Jizzcoin, does it? Like there's a significant difference. No, that, that is my problem with some of these projects. It's just they have they they, they are serious comes that doing millions and billions in transaction volume, but you're just like, how is anyone gonna take it seriously? But that's the thing that the 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 area, the whole sector is gonna grow up. Because yeah. as well, these these guys that are getting in at 16 you know, years ago going, that's really funny, I'm going to make Jizz token, are soon going to be in their 30s and thinking, I'm actually going to make quite a serious product because I'll make loads of money doing it. Well, not and just think... that, not just that. Those people are growing up as, as well, sure. But as bigger businesses come in, right, as Google, as your Apples, as they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, so you know what, let's make Jizz coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to take it seriously and it's going to become like, I don't know, a more sophisticated space. But yeah, it has to. It has, it'll has. it grow up and it will mature. And I, I'm not sure what project it's going to be that will bring it to the mainstream. But like, oh. for example, Apple could, uh, Apple or Google are probably the two ones that... He, he's also, gone now. He's gone. gone. Like, <laughs> he loved that. I just remembered something that I saw a few weeks ago. I'm sorry. Uh, basically, I was, I, was, I was researching this company and they they seemed legit and they had like some legit like big VC backing them. And then, and then the one that made me laugh so much, there's a there's a VC fund called Femboy Capital and it's and and it is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> and it just it just what you just told me just reminded me of that and I was just like uh, just there's a, a million million dollar company called Femboy Capital investing in crypto. So if Cap you're interested in Stash's company, it's Femboy Capital. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of business. <laughs> no, I I just think it'll all it'll all grow up at some point. Um and then then it'll all come round. But yeah, I think it, it's if it is a bubble, like you said, it's burst multiple times. And I think it is here to stay now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyway, Excellent. On that note, any other business? Because, three. <laughs> well, no, because Sasha's Sash has given us no sweet treats. I know there's no sweet treats. It's today, a bitter end to the day. It is a bitter ending. Just, uh, just, I'll... just picture Femboy Capital, and that will be better. <laughs> what, we'll, what we'll say at the end of the podcast is, if you want some Bitcoin, Bit get some. Yeah. Link down uh, below. Link down below. Um, 
one, two, three. This has been weaving web three. <laughs> that isn't the here to stay. That's a one off. That's a special. Ooh, ooh, That'll be the anniversary special. Right. Everyone have a lovely evening. See you yes. next week. Yes, sir. Hello, everyone. This is episode something something. I don't remember of where is this from. And we have some amazing bunzers. What row? Bunzers can't open it. Cut this. This is a magical custard smexy bun. Let's have yummy. Look at that. Perfect. Yum. It looks flaky. It looks scrumptious. Look at that. Look at that bad boy. Yummy. Okay, and this is the verdict. Oh my god. Smash. <laughs>